Welcome to the Slog Pod with Dustin and TJ. In this podcast, we embark on a journey to explore the intricate relationship between our work environments and mental health. For episode two, we provide our thoughts and overall framework for identifying potentially problematic interactions, decisions, or beliefs, and then provide potential solutions or processes that we can use throughout all of our future discussions. Overall, we feel these ideas and this framework is foundational for helping all of us improve our mental health in the workplace. So where should we start, TJ? I would like to start with an apology. I listened back to episode one, and I just want to apologize to anyone who listened to that about how infomercially we sounded. Anybody <laughs> who knows us knows we that's not at all how to talk normally. Um, but I think, you know, looking back on it, we needed to have that initial part scripted because that's us sharing what we think is foundational to this whole idea that we're trying to promote. And it helped us keep our th- our thoughts organized and made sure that we laid out the the frame or the the foundation for the framework first. Uh, so apologies for the infomercial episode one. Um, the other thing I, I was thinking about listening back to that is, if I was someone who was listening to our topic for the first time, without any kind of frame of reference, one of the takeaways I would have had from that first episode was the question. Are, are you guys suggesting that we become therapists at work? What do you think? <laughs> um, I guess my answer would be not exactly. You know, having, having done therapy and having run groups and been in groups, that there's some processes that are involved that I think are very helpful for everyone in everyday life and that we should all get used to utilizing some of those techniques and ways of thinking so therapist light maybe at best, but I think that's light. <laughs> but I think that we just have to get an idea of how we interact with people in these systems, how we as humans think, why and how we think the way we do. I think that that's extremely important. So it's not to be a therapist; it's just to kind of get an overall understanding so that we can we can interact better, we can and more efficiently. Gotcha. So you're saying lessons learned from the actual practice of therapy mm-hmm. to use as tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tools that we can employ in our everyday life, whether it's at work or not, mm-hmm. especially as it comes to our own thinking. Well, that's interesting because, you know, my, I, I did my undergrad work in behavioral science, which included a lot of psychology and, and that type of stuff. And I recall as I was going through that educational process for me a lot of it was just about learning about myself more mm-hmm. than anything it was less about oh i want to figure out how to get inside people's heads and more about i want to figure out what's going inside what's going on inside my head and i think if, if we look at this topic the same way if we use this framework that we're going to discuss to try to understand ourselves better mm-hmm. then i think it's easier to employ those tools in a in a real world application so that's how i i hope people understand that's what we're suggesting. We're not suggesting that you go out and become a therapist at work because that's problematic for a lot of the reasons if we try to do sure. that. But I think some clarification there is important for folks to understand. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Well, let, then let's get right into the framework because I'm, I'm really curious what you think that framework looks like. Sure. I guess in my opinion, it, it starts with a couple underlying thoughts, right? That number one, that our workplace mental health, it's just not individual mental health problem. It's a systems problem. And by systems, I mean, those are those social interactions we're constantly having, the different teams we work in, the bigger organizations we work in. 
and that to recognize again that our workplace is often the biggest, most influential system in most of our lives. So I guess that that's the first understanding I, I want everyone to have. And the second one is more than anything that we should have an understanding that our work should be an agreed upon give and take for both the employee and the organization. And by that, I'm meaning we're taking this job based on we're getting a certain pay, a certain title, that there's some equality to that with the levels that we're being brought in on, that we're agreeing to receive certain benefits. And in exchange for that, we're giving back hours worked. We're giving back a certain output. And in that also, that there's an expectation that the employee receives a certain amount of transparency, feedback, and is valued. I think that those are two things that we need to really understand. And that if we don't have that equilibrium or that good understanding of what that give and take is, that we might have a problem. I think that that's where we need to start before we even get into the framework. Is that is that fair? Sure. Yeah, we, sh- we should agree that that should be an expectation going in. Follow a question. How many organizations have you worked in where that agreement was fulfilled? I don't know that it's outwardly discussed that, you know, that transparently, <laughs> right? When we take a job, I don't think we're really sure. We're looking at it. We're, we're given a, you know, a contract or whatever that says you're going to get paid this much or, or these are your benefits. But I don't know that it's really, for most of us, we really, other than looking at that number, I don't know that we really thought it through as well as you know, we look at titles and that sort of thing too. Was that really discussed? It, it, it is obviously, but it's, I don't know that we put enough thought into that. Gotcha. Uh, we come into these things most often as with an assumption that this is what I'm going to give the company. And in return, this is what I'm getting back. Mm-hmm. But it's just that surface level. It doesn't go a lot deeper into the value piece and Sure. I think when we like get into describing. those, when we get into those companies, the next thing you know, we're finding out that it wasn't what was promised us or what we thought was promised us or that those other maybe less tangible ideas weren't, they weren't written down as I talk about how you're valued or how you're that transparency from, from the management or, or from other supervisors or leadership. Yeah. I think we come to recognize that those things, especially as you've been at a, at companies for years, things tend to change also. Mm. Um, so the ground kind of shifts underneath you and that, that agreement, that give and take probably has to change with the ground changing and all organizations change. So I think it's, it's important to be fluid in that and to be able to adjust. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me as a, a starting point, just having that basic understanding of what the ideal would be, mm-hmm. knowing and acknowledging that it's probably not fair or realistic to say that an organization is going to be perfect with it. But even the ones who are doing it well, you're saying we could build on that. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's more work to do beyond just making an assumption that this is a that there is an equilibrium and maybe a curiosity to find out, is that actually true? Is there an actual equilibrium here? Is that appropriate? I can think of some circumstances where maybe that equilibrium isn't appropriate, for example, in the military. Mm -hmm. So where do we go from there? Well, I think what we're talking about as far as a framework is to start with an understanding that we're all, our individual selves, we're bringing something to the table. We come with values, beliefs, norms into these systems, into this new organization. And with it, 
even when you're there for a while, you know, we come to kind of put forth a way of thinking to everyone. So I'm going to base a lot of this on, you know, again, in the therapeutic lens, cognitive behavioral therapy and theory is, uh, I don't want to get too far into the, into the weeds about it because I'm not the authority on it, but I think that there's some important things to understand. As far as that goes, let's just get right to the nitty gritty of it. That way of thinking is important to understand so that you can do something about it. So basically, framework being that your emotions oftentimes drive your cognitions, your thoughts, your decisions, your beliefs, and that those may or may not be healthy. They may or not be true. It may be a distortion. And once we come to those beliefs, I think that this is very important to understand is that we oftentimes confirm that bias. Once we make a decision, we reinforce the decision, right? And it's very, for us as humans, we need to have some self-awareness that we're doing this all the time, every day. We're also avoiding dissonance. We're avoiding those conflicting ideas to our belief. And I think it's important that we discuss those and you can see how that can happen every day in our organizations, right? As we talk about things, as you come to decisions, right? As you come with prior existing beliefs, it's hard to accept that someone might have a different perspective or a different perception on what is happening. And I feel like it's very important to be open-minded and to be open to change. So as I go back to kind of where all this begins and what we talked about in our first podcast is that I think we all need to have the value. We need to start with the value that we're open to change and that we're open to listening to new evidence, true evidence, in order to make that change. Does that make sense? It does. You're saying that we have to be willing to confront the dissonance, that uncomfortable feeling we get when information comes in that is contrary to the belief we have. Sure. Confront it and use it to change that belief. We're kind of speaking from a, you know, the 10,000 foot level, but I think we have to have an understanding and that's why I said this is a framework. So it's just basically, I want to keep it as basic as possible in, in understanding that, you know, our behaviors, the events that occur in our life have an impact on our emotions and those emotions okay. are driving cognitions, beliefs, decisions that may or may not be healthy. Right. So as I put forward okay. the framework, let me, let me bring it down to a more understandable, maybe something we can swallow a little bit easier is that, you know, when an event occurs, we often have, if that's an interaction, for example, between you and your supervisor or leadership or whatever, you walk away from it with it, just a poor feeling. That's a poor outcome. So we need to recognize the poor outcomes that we're having every day in order to change. So I would argue that a poor outcome is simply just walking away, not having a good feeling. And we okay. need to identify that in order to possibly change it. But we need to really understand what those poor outcomes are. Okay. Well, what makes sense to me also there is you mentioned it's important to have that awareness about belief and behaviors that come out of those beliefs and the source of those beliefs just respecting that people might have a completely different context they're 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 bringing sure their experience whatever else is going on in their life i think as a leader that that's a useful tool to just be aware of it 
Absolutely. You know, maybe not even, I'm not looking to change your life circumstances. I'm not looking necessarily to tell you what to do here as, as an employee. But if I come into that interaction, just recognizing that I may say some things that are going to butt up against what that person believes, that person's beliefs may be based on things that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Just having that awareness, I think, is a more open mindset than I probably have taken in a lot of my interactions. I've kind of gone in thinking, well, I, I've got the right answer. or This is what we have to do. I'm hearing some things that don't seem to be supportive of the goal or task at hand and just dismiss them outright. You're saying, let's not dismiss those outright. Let's be aware that there's more going on here, most likely. And if the poor outcome is that somebody leaves that interaction because I, I didn't have that open mind and open ear to that, mm-hmm. then that's a poor outcome. Yeah, potentially. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. So kind of to sum that up again, you know, we hope to provide this framework to hopefully give you know, all employees a way to both analyze their own thoughts as well as identify what others may be thinking during problematic interactions in the workplace. Namely, you know, we start by identifying poor outcomes. And just like an in individual therapy, people come to a therapist because something happened, an event or a reaction, or their behaviors are seemingly simply unhealthy. That's kind of why we're doing this. Okay. So then now that we've established kind of that, that foundational piece of the framework you're describing, and we're just a little bit more open to being aware of how this stuff happens, both within ourselves and with others. What then? What's the next step? Once we understand that there's a poor outcome happening, that's where we kind of have the discussion. At least I feel that that's what needs to happen. I, you know, the conversation is the process. And I don't know that that's always happening at work. If there's one thing I want, I really want everyone to take away from this is when all these things happen, and this is back to therapy too, that remember to ask questions. If there's one glaring thing to remember, it's ask questions and continue to ask questions. It's not just you felt this way, what's going on with you, but keep asking. Just like in therapy, as a therapist, I don't get the answer by just asking what's going on. I have to keep probing and say, what is, is there more happening there? Is there a thought that's occurring? Is there an emotion, right? I think a lot of times, for example, things happen where there's something said from leadership to an employee and that employee, of course, hears it, doesn't say anything, walks away, but they're feeling something. There's emotions occurring there. And it may start out as just simply they're angry or they're frustrated or whatever that is. But when you ask questions, you find out there's much more to it. For example, maybe they felt dismissed, right? Maybe they're not feeling valued, devalued. And if that's the case, they're likely driving a new thought within themselves. There's something that they're telling themselves. And maybe that's, I'm not enough, or maybe it's, I'm not safe, or maybe it's, Here's a big one within organizations. I can't trust. I can't trust. Therefore, I can't tell you these things. If that's happening, that doesn't sound like a healthy outcome within that organization, if you ask me. Right? Okay. Yeah. And again, I'm just thinking about this in the context of some of the interactions I've had recently, and I definitely have had that happen on both sides of the table, Mm -hmm. where... I recognize that there was something going on, say for, so recently I was talking with someone that was looking to me to provide a solution and I sensed some, some frustration 
we talked about it, but I went kind of from, from A to Z without stopping in between. Okay. I heard the frustration and then I started proposing solutions to this frustration without finding out what, where's that frustration actually coming from? Mm -hmm. Is it more than just the decision that we're discussing? Is it more than just the, the context of work? Maybe there was an opportunity there that I think I missed to, to ask that person, was there, is there other stuff going on is, mm -hmm. you know, in your life or, you know, and I, looking back, I would love to go back and rehash that conversation with a little bit more intention to ask some questions and understand a little bit more thoroughly what's going on before I just start spouting solutions. Sure. Sure. I think that's a and, common thing within all organizations that people feel like that's what is expected is to, to provide the solution. When I think that, again, the conversation, the discussion is the process. And when we ask questions instead, we're constantly, we're kind of building that process. We're building a, a collaborative end game, a collaborative solution, right? Isn't that what we're always yeah. trying to do? And that seems what's healthiest to me anyway. Yeah. And it's what I like about that approach, I think is it's a little bit more involved and I would imagine it's going to, it takes practice to get good at that for all of us. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't something that you just, you know, you just have as a skill. Most people that I know don't, I don't, I certainly don't for myself. So you're saying that the conversations and just continually trying to do that is what helps us get better at it as we do it more, more and more. Mm -hmm. And instead of just kind of applying the status quo thought that, oh, well, you know, I'm hearing a problem. I'm going to propose a solution and we're going to move on. Let's start building and practicing healthier conversations for healthier outcomes. Because the, the bad outcome that I'm thinking about in this most recent interaction I had mm -hmm. It's possible that person left feeling like, well, I didn't really get a chance to speak my mind and, and share wholly what I'm feeling. And I left that interaction with another poor outcome, which is, man, I, I wish I would have done better there. Yep. I missed an opportunity to have a healthier conversation. So those are two arguably poor outcomes right out of the gate, just because I didn't take that time to dig a little bit deeper. Yep. And I think now there's a big push towards empathy in, in leadership and management training right now. And empathy is cultivated. You don't just lend an ear and have an understanding of where someone's coming from. And again, this is back to having provided therapy. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of questions. And I think that that's what drives that. And you get a better understanding the more and more and more you ask. It becomes collaborative. People feel better. They feel included. They feel valued. And I think that that's a great starting point. I don't know how else to, you know, I, I just want to emphasize that as much as possible. Well, great. Well, I think that's where we have to start. I think we have a lot we can discuss about mm -hmm. addressing poor outcomes and maybe even identifying what some of those poor outcomes are and then start breaking those down. But for now, I think we've hit our goal, hopefully, of, of getting people to understand what that foundational element of the framework is. Mm -hmm. And that is cultivating a healthier type of interaction through the things we've, we've brought up today. Right. I think we started with you know, an understanding that it's not just an individual mental health problem, that we're dealing with systems here. And if that's the case, that we can start identifying poor outcomes, whether that's through behaviors or events that occur in our workplaces, 
And once we identify those or start to identify those, that we can then identify emotions and, you know, continue to ask questions, continue to find those more complex emotions. And then from that, you can kind of connect and understand what people are telling themselves, kind of the narrative that they have in their own minds. And that results in beliefs. It results in thoughts. It results in decisions that may or may not be healthy. And that's what we're ultimately questioning. And overall, within that framework, it's super important to understand that as humans, we are likely to reinforce that belief no matter what. We are going to shirk the dissonance and find bias, some bias, to reinforce that thought we have. And that that's what we need to identify as potentially unhealthy. And if it is, then we can start to do something with it. But I think that that's the overall framework that we're discussing right now. And I think in a, in a systems view that we need to start doing that in our workplaces. So therapy light. So, so therapy light. <laughs> yep. For management therapy light. Well, I love it. I love the challenge of it. This has been so, so good for me in my current role. I'm already starting to try to use some of these things and just be more aware mm-hmm. as I go into my interactions. So on our next episode, let's let's keep this going. I, I'm really anxious to, to talk a little bit more about what some of those bad outcomes are. What are some of the, the mental mind games we play as humans mm-hmm. to negotiate those things and start talking about some solutions that people can take back to their workplaces, back to all of their interactions in their life right away. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having the talk and we'll see you next time on The Slogbot. See you soon.